What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of MLS Now podcast. My name is David. I am your host, joined by Gavin, who had been missing for a couple of episodes because he went on a vacation to the Bahamas. Welcome back, Gavin. You know for a fact I didn't go on vacation nowhere. <laughs> you cannot prove it that you did not go on a vacation, Gavin. Uh, I mean, I guess not because I don't have an alibi because I've literally done nothing for the last month. But, uh, I mean, maybe if y'all wanted to look at my IP addresses, but yeah, no, I, I've just been in a weird funk. I'm a very routine oriented person and obviously COVID-19 has thrown us all out of routine, me especially. Yeah, guys, Gavin has been training this whole time to uh, be in the next uh, American Ninja Warrior. So he had to go missing for like three weeks. You know, I used to watch American Ninja Warrior and I used to think like, oh, that'd be so fun because I'm like a, <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like a, I'm like Twig and Bones. So like I could do the agile parts of the course real well. But like in terms of the strength part where you have to like take the yeah. bar and like jump up each one or any of the strength parts, yeah, I'd get last place. I don't know. I think if I was to do it and I failed at one, I would just be like, freaking Ben Olsen. <laughs> <Sorry to fall. laughs> I think I'd blame it on all the ice cream I eat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did I tell you I shaved my head? No. Oh, so everything else, but you didn't tell me that. Uh, so I came home one day. I think I told it, I said it in the previous episode, but I came home one day and I told my brother, who's a barber, I said, hey, uh, what do you think if I shaved my head? You know, anybody else would have been like, no, nah, man, you have long hair, which I, I don't have long hair, like, you know, like long. I just have pretty good amounts of hair. And he goes, oh, yeah, of course, everybody's doing it. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the shack. I have all the, the equipment there. I was like, OK. <laughs> so I sit down, dude. And three, like, buzzes in halfway through. He's like, you want to see? And I, was, I saw and I was like, oh, my God. God, what have I done? Dude, <laughs> I told everybody that I look like Humpty Dumpty because I no. do. Yeah, man. So, uh, funny story. Uh, I'm currently a senior at my university. And when I was a sophomore at my university, I shaved my head. Uh, same thing as you. I don't have long hair, but I like I have a good amount of hair on my head. Uh, healthy hair. Everything's normal with it. It's not like I'm balding or have a receding hairline or anything like that like normal hair and everybody would have told me uh do not shave your head and i'm like i'm so tired of dealing with this mop on my head yeah, like i get same. haircuts but i was just so tired of dealing with it and my girlfriend's like oh yeah you should do that you should do that like you should shave your head i shaved my head and i shit you not i looked like a serial killer <laughs> i like if I if I put my eyes like in an angry fashion, I looked like I murdered seven people oh. on the side of a highway, and I so funny. do not care about it. And I look so like scary or just like so different. My girlfriend almost cried. She was like so like, oh my god, what have you done? Why why did you do this? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And it took forever to grow back. It took like eight, nine, ten months for me to even have something look similar to what I had before. And now I, ha again, have a mop on my head because I haven't been able to get a haircut yet. <laughs> no, so my brother was like, after he was done, he was like, do you want to shave your beard as well? I was like, hell no. Like, it's fine how it is right now. Dude, uh, I, I was like, no, nah, never again, first of all. Second of all, thank God I had made, a, uh, I had purchased merch or hats. 
So I've been wearing the hats all the time. Oh yeah, of course. And, and no, never again, man. It's is it sucked. It's bad. Uh, everybody's asking me why my head looks rounder. <laughs> Um, which is, I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. It's but. definitely a one-time thing. It is 100% yeah. a one-time thing. And it's kind of like, you um, you know when girls uh, do the short phase, their yeah. short hair phase? It's like the same thing. How many girls do you know stay short hair after yeah. doing it once? It's like they do it at 12 years old and never again. Yeah, I'm never doing that again, dude. Never. It was, <laughs> Me neither. It has been the worst thing ever. And... I, every time I take my hat off before taking it off, I warn everybody about it. And they're like, okay, okay. And they all go after I take it off. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> You're like, you don't have to lie to me. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, guys, uh, we're back with our stories. Uh, we currently had done a couple of weeks ago a Carlos Reese story, a Clint Mathis story. And we stopped for a bit to talk about pro relegation in this league talk about when the league was going to be back, uh, favorite 11, etc. But we're back with another story. Uh, this one's on a player who was not that long not that long ago, he was still in the league. Uh, and I'm talking about Marco Papa. Marco Papa is a Guatemalan player who had a, a career mostly known here in the MLS and had, had his ups and downs. And we're going to go through that. And I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about the story. And hopefully you guys like it. If you do, please uh, leave a review on Apple Podcast. Follow us at MLS Now Podcast and visit our website, www.mlsnowpodcast.com. So let's get started. Born in Guatemala City, uh, Papa played for Municipal to, if you guys remember, Carlos Ruiz plays for them or played for them as well. Same age, 16 years old, made his professional debut in 2006. So another player who makes his professional debut at 16 years old. Gavin, what were you doing at 16 years old? Um, gosh, 16. I would have been a, what is that, junior in high school? I was playing soccer and playing FIFA. I was playing so- indoor soccer like at 2 a.m. in a sportplex probably. Yeah, I was doing homework, playing FIFA, and playing soccer, and... That was my life. You, you notice that a lot of uh, of stories we hear, not just about Carlos or, or Papa, that other players as well, especially outside the U.S., their careers start at a very young age. As to here, you have to go mostly through college and then in the draft or for some miracle, you're very good at the academy and they pick you up. Yeah, I'm sure. And I don't know if you, you and Will or you and David talked about this at all, but I think that has to do with like pay to play. Yeah. So like here in america you you obviously have to pay to play club soccer at a high level whereas over in those those countries either it's less money or it's free i'm not 100 percent caught up on the topic but also it, it it's life and death for some of these people like they have to make the money to get out of poverty and so they they go through the training every single day they they they, they just train every day to become as good as they can be if they have the potential they they notice they have the potential and they have to work as hard as they can to reach you know uh places where they can make money like mls i'm sure this guy was obviously in the mls we're an mls podcast of course so we'll hear <laughs> that story soon but i mean yeah they they have to start early yeah so it, it is and just banged my microphone it is an interesting like topic uh, or an interesting thing when you're looking at these stories at how early these 
you know, kids start playing professional soccer, especially back in early 2000s. And it's funny that, that you mentioned kids, because when we when I mentioned especially, I just say at 16 years old, like it's nothing, but they're really just kids. And in Latin America, especially uh, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, it's lived in a completely different passion. And that's just like a religion over there. So at a 16-year-old, you're playing for Municipal. Like I said before, they're like the Real Madrid of Guatemala uh, with the most, uh, cha- they're the most, uh, have the most trophies. That's like the biggest stage of them all in that country. That's a lot of pressure for a 16-year-old, 16-year-old kid. Who was the uh, the 14-year-old? Adu? Yeah, Freddie Adu here in DC United. Yeah. Was that DC United? Yeah. Did he play? a professional game or did he just sign a contract at 14 he, he he played he was 15 years old he played he was the next Pelé he even had commercials with Pelé and all that but unfortunately um you know you know his story yeah it just didn't work it just didn't work. So, uh, he you know he blames it on uh, oh, that should be a nice story we can tell um <laughs> he, blamed, <laughs> he blamed it a lot on uh, his uh Albert, uh, on his um agent how he was treated, all of that, but that's a completely different topic. We hey, could, yeah. agents are a big deal. They yeah. can make or break a player's career. Oh yeah, definitely. But going back to Papa, Papa Sorry. played for no, you're fine. Uh, Papa played for uh, Municipal, like I mentioned. He had 33 games with them, five goals. Uh, what stand out the most with him was how how physical he was in the midfield and how well with the ball he was. He could protect the ball very well. Take in mind that in the midfield, guys, you don't just have to go up the whole time or you don't just have to look for the forward the whole, the whole time it's about controlling the ball as well and having uh having control of the midfield recovering the ball so papa was doing that at that, at that young age for his club and in 2004 for the guatemalian national team they got fourth place for the pre-olympics they lost in penalties to honduras i believe um and unfortunately they didn't make it but that was enough for chicago fire to take interest in marco papa chicago fire uh brought papa in for a season, they liked what they saw, so they decided to buy him from Municipal. Uh, the fees and uh, you couldn't find the fee for it. Uh, Papa joined the MLS in 2010. Great start for him in the first 11 games. Five goals, four assists. He was the top performer uh, in midfield when it came to, when it came to the MLS that year. How old was he? he? Was he like 20? Uh, around that, 2022, I believe. Okay. Uh, he he killed it. He was great with them. He finished the year with seven goals, being the top scorer in the team, a midfielder, by the way, uh, and five assists. He was also awarded Goal of the Year 2010 for his goal against San Jose Earthquakes. Gavin, I want you to take a look at that goal and tell me what you think about it. It was really All right, cool I pulled it up. All right. I'm watching it. Marco Papa. Niako catches up to it. Patrick Niako with John and Matt. Patrick Niako to Collins. John drops it off. Quick drive. They score. Big Papa. Big drive. Top corner. Well, the fans. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Crud. And backflip. Look at that. Wow. All st- a, five stars right there. That's a stunner right there, dude. Yeah. Well, he doesn't take a touch, right? No, he just smacks it. He just it. smacks it. Outside of the foot, top bends. Boom. I mean, good layoff there. Oh, yeah, perfect. Bang. Yeah, upper 90 right there. I'm fine with that being gold here. <laughs> that, that angle. Ooh, that angle with where the, the camera's behind the ball. Yeah. And it just 
Oh, that ball knuckled a little bit. That was gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous yeah, shot. Pretty. I mean, nobody was on him, but great, great play right there. So that won MLS goal of the year in 2010. And then 2011 season comes. Papa has another good season. Eight goals, including a hat-trick against uh, Rausa Lake, earning the Player of the Week award and just becoming the second Guatemalan to ever do so after Carlos Ruiz. I had done that in 2002 and 2003. So by then, everything's going smooth. Everything's going fine in Chicago Fire. He has had uh, Pavel Pardo. Uh, some of the listeners might know who he is. He's a Mexican legend. And Cuauhtémoc Blanco. Everybody knows. If, if you follow the U.S. Men national team against Mexico, you guys know who he is. He played alongside him. He learned from him. He admitted it before. And then once they both left, he was kind of next up to take control of the team. They should, they, in my opinion, they should have built around him. What happened was that he was doing so good that an offer from an offer from I'm sorry from Europe came to play in the, uh, Holland. So you know, come on, if an offer from Europe comes, uh, it, it, you have to pay attention, Gavin. MLS MLS players uh, are always listening out for offers from Europe. Oh, if an offer from Europe comes, they're packing their bags. Like Aaron Long, I'm surprised he's still with New York. No, oh, that, that's that. Trust me, if, if it was up to him, he wouldn't be there. He would <laughs> he not he be there. <laughs> he, I'm sure his apartment was ready to be sold as soon as he heard about it. He said, "Put that on the market, man. <laughs> I'm going." No, that's that's a sad, that's a sad story actually, right there with him. Well, how they've stopped him from going. But well, yeah. anyways, but um, did he go? Did he go to Holland? So he did go to Holland. Um, oh God, I'm not gonna pronounce this team's name. Uh, Give it a go. S.C. Herenvin. Oh, it, it's um. He ran. Yeah. It's yeah. the one with H E E R E N. There you go. E I N. H E E R E N V E E N. Yeah. Our listeners probably like the job team. So I've looked at a couple players on their team. Yeah. No, he goes in 2013 and actually signed a three-year-and-a-half deal. So they see enough from Papa to make a nice offer for three years and a half. You know, they want him to stick around. And, you know, they presented him in front of a sold-out crowd at a game. So they have, like, I guess this tradition when new players come and at halftime or before the game, they introduce you to the fans and they give you a bike, right? So they did that, you know, round of applause. He talked to the fans, talked to the media. He was really happy. Three years and a half. However, he did not have a good time. It There's not, always a however. It did not go good at all for him. He didn't even start for them. He had 12 appearances. He was taken down by the coach. He was even sent to the academy team to play and train with the academy. He accused the coach of racism. And there was actually, you know, when he said nobody believed, not, not nobody, some media, some outlets believed him. But there really wasn't much around the coach to get something going. And it turned out that, you know, it, the coach was fired a couple of months later due to some uh, some uh, racism scandals that he had had. But by that time, Marco Papa wasn't there anymore. Papa had, a, had agreed to make a deal to an immediate transfer back to the MLS. Because, listen, no matter how juicy... Uh, you're getting paid in Europe. If you're not playing, which is a player's a player a player always wants to play. If you're not playing, you, you want to go somewhere where they're gonna let you play. He was literally there for half a season and went back to Europe or went back to uh, America. 
he was there from January to August. Damn. Wow. Mm-hmm. That went horribly wrong. Horrible wrong. Uh, Carlos Ruiz, like I mentioned, guys, uh, told Papa in that time to stay in Europe. Just because that didn't work out doesn't mean that he couldn't stay on alone or he could do something else. But Papa didn't want to hear it. He wanted to come back and play. Um, you know, Chicago had a grill, had a grill, had agreed to take him back. So unfortunately, his experience in Europe did not go that good. So he comes back to the MLS allocation process. He was actually selected by the Seattle Sounders cabin instead of going back to Chicago Fire with a lot of fans in, with the fire. You know, it didn't go so good because they wanted him back. But let, let, let's talk about this real quick. When I, when it doesn't work out like that, you have that stage in, in Europe. It can hurt you, Gavin, especially physically and emotionally of what you, go, if, what you go through without your family, without your friends, a new country, new teammates, new people, new food. The coach doesn't like you. They're treated, you feel like you're being treated wrong. It, it, it can have a bad, bad uh, impact physically and emotionally on you. Oh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The mental side of the game is just as important as the technical side of the game. And so he goes over to Europe. He struggles. He feels that or he accuses the coach of racism. He doesn't just feel it. He outright accuses him. And uh, he just has a horrible time. The that, that plants the seed in his mind, am I good enough? Uh, that plants doubt. It you know, And it's like, you, just like you said, away from family, uh, away from home, just in a new place and you're struggling. You're not really getting any playing time. You aren't really connecting with the fans. Maybe you're struggling to adapt to the squad because you don't know the language. I mean, all these factors go into whether a player is going to be good or not for a certain team. And I guess it just didn't link up for him. So I'm sure he comes to America. I don't know if he does good or not, but surely he took a massive hit on the mental side. Oh yeah, he was he was drained. He didn't get called to the national team because he wasn't playing, and Papa was one of the leaders for the Guatemalan national team at that time. And he had to come back. He wanted to play. He knew the MLS well. Um, and Seattle Sounders, when you know they were it uh, back then in 2016, sorry 2014, they they were on fire. And he decided to come back with them. Funny how I use fire with Chicago Fire, but I'm talking about the Seattle Sounders. Pun <laughs> intended or not intended? Not intended, but it worked out. I don't believe you. <laughs> um, so he comes back to uh, the MLS. Seattle Sounders picked him up. So now he's in the midfield with uh, Alonso. And then he has uh, he has Pineda as well. He has Marshall as well. He has They have a good team going with Dempsey. All of them. So they're back, right? He comes in. They give him a number 10 uh, to wear in Seattle Sanders. Papa comes off the bench, scores twice to defeat the LA Galaxy to clinch the Supporters' Shield as the best club in the MLS regular season. And, Gavin, if you want to take a look at it, I just send it to you for those two goals. Uh, the second goal was, my my opinion, you can tell the hustle in that second goal. All right, I've got it pulled up here. The first goal, he gets played through, slots at home. 84th minute, oh, wow. Yeah, I know, it's a tough game. Look at the hustle in the second goal, though. Hold on. I'm still watching the first. <laughs> Don't rush perfection, David. 
It's been a while, man. It's been a while. All right. I'm going to skip through the celebrations. I don't really care. Okay. So there's a foul. No How foul. Is... No. Wait, what? How no is foul. He didn't trip the goalkeeper. He went for the ball. No, not that. Oh. I meant in the buildup. <laughs> oh, I'm still watching the first goal. Oh. Oh, my Lord. Okay. So they're passing around the back. Oh. Look he at the chip. Doesn't Look at the touch chip the, the goalkeeper. Free kick for dangerous play. Sarvis playing for the ground. Dempsey as he's fouled. Back for Martins. Opening up into the space. Marco Papa. They were for a couple of days below Kansas City, for a couple of days below Real Salt Lake. It's Marco Papa takes it off of Javi Pinedo, and Marco Papa scooping it in. Oh, man. Uh, look at that chip at the end. No. Oh, that's dirty. That's a sick chip right there at the end, dude. Oh, and they're all mad. No, I was talking about in the build-up to the first goal. Oh, yeah. The referee called a foul on the Galaxy player when it looked like the Galaxy player is the one that got fouled. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, insane couple of goals from him to clinch the... Uh, the shield for Sounders. The most useless trophy in America. <laughs> but, That's Gavin's opinion, not mine. Look, um, I I wish the, the uh, community... No... Oh, supporter Shield, Community Shields in England. The Supporter Shield, I wish it was important, but with all the factors going on in MLS right now, especially during that time with how terrible the scheduling was, it literally meant nothing other than you won the most points. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, so everybody thinks differently. Uh, David Valentine was telling me in the last episode that he thinks the Supporter Shield should be the champ now, of the MLS. The scheduling is better. Like last year, if we kept that schedule going forward where everybody plays everybody um, in their conference, home and away, and then you play randomly the other conference, everybody in the other conference randomly home and away, and then it alternates each year, I'd be fine with the the, uh, Supporters' Shield being the the champion, like in a European league. Mm -hmm. But that takes away the playoffs. You yeah. can make the playoffs like a a, a trophy, kind of like how uh, the, the doesn't the Mexican league do that? Yeah. They have a second season with the playoffs or whatever. Um, I'd be fine with that. But then this year, uh, we were set to not play three teams from the Western Conference, so we our Orlando's not gonna if the season happens is not supposed is not gonna be playing LAFC, Seattle, and San Jose. How is that fair to somebody who does have to play LAFC, Seattle, and San Jose when LAFC and Seattle are the two best teams in the West? Yeah, it's confusing. It's but hey, anyways, they won the supporter shield that year. So Papa actually does good for the Sounders. He scored uh, nine goals and 11 assists in 49 games. Uh, not bad. Uh, the, he did have his you know uh, underperformance games, and let's be honest, what player doesn't underperform sometimes? Uh, but he was really liked by the fans. In 2015, his contract was up, and they did not renew his contract. A lot of fans were really mad. 
because like I said, they really like them, and especially you know they want to support Shield with them. They had something going with Alonso in there, and they they wanted to keep going, but they they decided to go somewhere else. They released him or traded him mostly for four four four. This is why it's always important to listen to your team before you criticize them for Lodeiro to make room for him. Really? Yes. So it's that recent. So Lodeiro, come on, let's be honest. Lodeiro worked out for them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when Carlos Ruiz was released because um, they wanted to make more room for Landon Donovan. Yeah, that and... worked out too. <laughs> yeah, man, Guatemalan players are having some bad luck. <laughs> yeah. I do so, want to say though, you said uh, what players in the world of football uh, don't under uh, play sometimes. Yeah. What's, what's the word? I don't know. Underperform. Underperform. Thank you. Um, knowing you're a Real Madrid fan, I would say uh, Lionel Messi never underperforms. Yeah, he showed up against Roma and Liverpool really good. <laughs> Look, I'm not a Barcelona <laughs> fan. I don't care. I just think he's the best player in the world. Um, sure. Arsenal performs well every season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ninth no. place, man. I love that trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag mid-table. Oh, my God. Anyways. We stayed up this season. <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right, so they made room for Lodero, uh to come in. And as you guys know, Lodero killed it, won this, won this season, won the MLS Cup with them the first year. So Papa gets uh, picked by Colorado Rapids. Colorado Rapids at that point in 2016 wanted to make this whole new uh, new system with Papa, with Gashi, a uh, new coach at that time. Everything was new. It was going great for them. He played 20 games, uh, started 10, two goals, four assists, and he had a crazy goal, which is one of the best goals that I've seen from him um, against LA Galaxy. It's like... It's like a thing they have. Like, no that... way. It's in the 94th minute again. <laughs> look, look at the goal. <laughs> it's like literally the same time. All right. He traps the ball. He turns. Dribbles past two. He's got it on his left foot. Plays. Oh, that's a... No. Okay. Heads out. Volley. Goal. Ooh. Off the crossbar, too. <laughs> Hubo spraying the ball onto this near side. Finding Papa. A little bit of space. Rogers now closing down the space. Papa trying to get within shooting range. Doyle just teases one over the top. Looking to follow up. Papa left footed. Oh, yes! There you go. Marco Papa in stoppage time at the end of this contest. His first for the Rapids. Their first for the season. And is that the first win of 2016? That's insane. That's a crazy goal right there, dude. Yeah, that's, it is. That's an insane goal. So, like I mentioned, guys, 20 games. He started 10, two goals, four assists, but he was released. Very inconsistent and outside problems. The reason they brought Papa in, he was one of the highest paid in the team, was to turn the team around. But there were some games where Papa really didn't show up. And I remember watching him because I used to I used to watch the Rapids just because of him to see how he would do, and he would disappoint me a lot because you can tell he wasn't even trying or maybe he was a little bit overweight and and something was wrong. So this is what happened, Gavin. This is where it takes a turn a bit. Oh no! Officers responded to an apartment of a former Seattle Sounders 
Marco Papa, this is I'm reading an article, late last year, 2016, 2015, and found a bloody knife in the kitchen in a trail of blood that led to the bathroom where there was spattered blood and stab marks on the wall, according no. to the Seattle police. Papa had a three-inch vertical stab wound in his abdomen and was taken to the medical center where he was rushed into surgery. And that's, you know, that's, that's what the police report said. Papa and his then-girlfriend, Stormy Kiefler, were the only two in the apartment, which, if you guys know, Stormy Kiefler was Miss Seattle. Oh. Uh, yeah, back then, or Miss, yeah, Miss Seattle back then, or Miss Washington. One of the things, she, she was like the state model, or, you know how they have those contests. Yeah, 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 so she was Miss Washington, yeah, probably. She, Papa wasn't doing bad. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, so like I mentioned, Papa and his girlfriend were there at that time. Uh, they said they didn't know how Papa had been stabbed and offer a conflicted accounts of both from both sides. So no reports were no no charges were filed. Uh, huh. The report incident was released by the police um, in response to a public disclosure requested by the Seattle Times. No arrests have been made in connections with the incident and no charges have been filed. Police said the investigations remain active. So that was enough for the sound for the sound. Not sorry. That was enough for uh, the Colorado Rapids to be like, you know what? We don't need this right now. Uh, we're trying to renew what? the team. We're what? trying to get new players. What? Man what? gets stabbed and he gets released from his team? You got you to gotta understand, he was underperforming, man, like really bad. Like he wasn't showing up. He wasn't caring. It, it, it was bad. Yes, I can understand releasing him for performances, but releasing him literally right after he gets stabbed, oof. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a double whammy. So he gets released uh, and he goes back to Guatemala to play for Municipal again. Uh, during that time, Marco Papa had played for the United United States, sorry, the, U, the U.S. Fed. What is going on? The national team? <laughs> the national team, Guatemalan national team. Uh, like I mentioned, he was trying to qualify them for the Olympics. Uh, didn't do it. They ended, lost the shootouts. And then he went to the uh, Central American Cup where all the teams of Central America, of course, play each other to qualify for the CONCACAF Golden Cup. The team made it Guatemala... Guatemala. Guatemala made it to the finals against Honduras, semifinals against Honduras. Mm. And Papa had a great game, scoring two goals. Papa was uh, named the MVP of the tournament, Golden Booth of the tournament, with uh, four goals. He they played against Costa Rica in the finals, which they lost in penalties. Uh, but it was a great game. I actually, Gavin, I just sent you a link to one of the goals that Marco Papa scored against Honduras. This for me, this is probably top four goals he's ever scored. Uh, it's, it's amazing what he did in that in that cup. But after that, he went back to Guatemala and kept playing. But I'll let you view it here. Nice little curler. That was a good goal. Yeah. That was a very good goal. So he goes back to Guatemala, and this is where it gets bad for Marcos Papa. 
Macropapa goes to Municipal. He underperforms as well. He has, uh, according to a lot of news outlets, drinking problems. He wouldn't show up to practice because he thought he was above everybody else. He was getting paid the most money. Municipal releases him, and a team named Mixto hires him. They're a new team. The owner is the mayor of the city. He's investing heavily. Marco Papa's getting paid money, and I mean money, money. But he stops showing up for practice. He's not showing up to train. He's, some games he was showing up late, uh, drinking, outside problems. They released him as well. And then Marcos Papa had a lawsuit of a woman accusing him of domestic violence. The, and an investigation was carried on where Marcos Papa was found guilty uh, and was sent, is sent, was sentenced to four years of prison for uh, crimes against women, as they put it in Guatemala, which is domestic violence and basically in English, although it doesn't really translate to domestic violence, but that's, that's what they, they call it over there. Uh, mm. Is, is domestic violence. He pled guilty. Um, he's still out. Uh, I'm not sure why he's still out if he was supposed to go to prison. He's playing for a third division or fourth division team. And it's really disappointing. First of all, let me say that there's no excuse whatsoever for domestic violence ever. No one should ever lay a, a hand on a woman. And it's just disgraceful, disgraceful that he did that. And it, it's a shame that somebody with talent like that wastes it like that in in alcohol, in outside problems, and, and doesn't really have his head straight, Gavin. All right, yeah. So two things here. First, how does how is he still playing? What sort of club allows? I don't care how good in air quotes he is. Uh, how can you let somebody um, who's been a accused pled guilty of domestic violence play for your club that's awful second thing uh you were saying you know how can somebody like give up all that that talent and whatever did you see the news that the two nfl players uh giants the giants and the was it the cowboys cornerback i can't mm-hmm. remember um yeah you saw the news right that they got arrested on like yep assaulted robbery or assaulted armed robbery. Yeah. It's like the same thing. Why would you why would you do that? Like you are an NFL player. You have all the money you could ask for. Maybe not right now. Maybe they're taking pay cuts. I don't know. But robbing somebody, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Um neither is, like you said, laying yeah. hands on a woman. Uh so, just so, so Marco Papa uh, signed with a second division team. I I just looked it up. And they're planning to go up to the first division, which is the main division in Guatemala. Uh, the reason I believe he signed, I think he, first of all, paid, um, had the money. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It looks like he had the money to pay everything and to settle an agreement with the um, with the attorney general and with the victim. And they settled it on that. And he signed with a new team where he said he felt welcome and they loved him and he wants to get back. And that he was really sorry. He made an apology he made mm-hmm. a video explaining everything, and he wants to get back to being himself. It it really disappoints me, guys, and that's why I wanted to tell you guys this, this part of this story because I, I actually did look up to Papa. I play I, I I followed him everywhere where he played, especially in the MLS because he was one of the few representing my country. And then to and I didn't want to believe it when I first found out. Oh, you know, and I, I'm not gonna show the picture. There's a picture of him. 
somebody took a picture of him outside a house, drunk, uh, laid out asleep in the street. He's not homeless. He was just too drunk to get home. Wow. That's sad. And it, it, it bothered me so much to see that. And then when I found out that he played guilty and that all of that, it, it just disappointed me. And it made me realize how how players there's players that try so hard to get talent like he had and never do or try to get the opportunities that he had and never do. And players like him who do get all those chances, those opportunities and just can't for some reason hold on to it. Maybe it's it's lack of commitment. It's lack of responsibility or the people around you or whatever it is. But it just sucks uh, to see that, Gavin. And l- l- hopefully those people, uh, kids that are listening, if they have opportunities like he did and they have the talent as he did, work hard, be responsible, and always stay grounded. Bro, secure the bag and make sure you can keep it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't do something stupid. Like, uh, do you remember the news story last year? Uh, I think it was like a Borussia Dortmund youngster. He like stole a watch or something out of one of the first team players' rooms. And then he like got caught, and now he's never gonna play soccer for anybody ever. And I, I, I don't yeah, know if he was super promising or not, but like you just threw away every everything. opportunity to be a professional soccer player, something you've probably been trying to do your whole life. Everything, it, it, and it's crazy, guys. But that's Marcus Papa's story. I wish it could have a happy ending. I wish I could tell you guys that, you know, he didn't do anything at the end, but he unfortunately made those mistakes and. I don't know how he's still playing, like Gavin says. I don't because there's no, there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no correct answer to excuse? what he did. Excuse. Oh. There we go. Excuse. There's no excuse for what he did. None at all. And from my opinion, he shouldn't be playing. But unfortunately, leagues across in other countries are different. And yeah, that's the Marcos Papa story. Gone from Municipal to Chicago Fire to Europe to Seattle Sanders, to Colorado Rapids, to Municipal, to Mixto, and to now a second division team, San Pedro. If you guys have any other stories you guys wanted to share with us or we should share with you guys, anything at all, any questions you guys have, tweet me at MLS Now Podcast. Gavin, where can they follow you and tweet you at? At LionsBlog1. Thank you guys so much for your time. Hope you guys are staying safe. Thank you for staying in uh, in contact with us. Thank you for listening to us. I know it's a crazy time, but we appreciate it. And till next time, guys, take care. See you, Gavin. Of course. Till next time.